And all God's people say it. Grab your Bible, grab your Bible, remain standing for just a second. And uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter number four while the choir is finding their place. Matthew chapter number four. Uh, we're going to continue where we have been and uh, studying on following Jesus, following Jesus in the Lord good. Now listen, now listen, if you are, if, if you are interested, I, I am going to, while they're finding their place, I'll go ahead and announce this. There is a sign-up sheet at 411. Uh, uh, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the, the promised land, Israel, and, uh, and it, was a, it was a life-changing event. I have to say, to say that's probably an understatement. Uh, every, every since I, and I honestly, I was a little nervous about going because I'm really, I'm, I'm really not a fan of flying over a lot of water. Say amen. Amen. Now, I don't know what the difference is flying over water or land when you crash, you crash, but it, it just, I just rather get eat by a mountain lion than a shark. Say amen. (laughs) But anyway, I I was nervous about going, but man, I'm glad I did because I'll be honest with you. Every day I've been home, I've thought about, I've thought about God's promised land. And uh, it was a great trip, and we're going to go. I'm going to take a group in uh, December of 2020. That's a year and a half from now, uh, and I'm doing it that far out to give people a chance to be able to raise their money to do that. And uh, if you're interested in that, if you think you'd like to uh, uh, go with me to Israel, there is a sign-up sheet at 411, and uh, I'm going to be having a meeting in a, in, a, in a couple weeks with those that are interested in going. And uh, just sign up, and I'll get in contact with you. I think there's a little place for your name and phone number, and I'll call you, and, and then we'll go from there, all right? So if you think that might interest you, sign up, and then we'll, we'll get together about that. And all God's people say it. All right, Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. We're going we're gonna to jump right back into verse 17. And man, I tell you what, I, I really believe God is moving uh, God is doing something in our midst and bringing us to a place that he wants us to be. Had a great Wednesday night Bible study. Had three saved Wednesday night. Can we give God praise and glory? Come on, give him praise and glory. I'm telling you, God is really moving and God is speaking. God is speaking. Say that. God is speaking. God is speaking. Now, I need, I need him to speak to you today. All right, I need him to speak to you today. God's not just going to give you a Bible lesson and you're not just going to become more biblically literate today. God wants to tell you something. And I need you to listen to what he's speaking to you. Because we've got, I don't know how many people in here, we've got a bunch of people in here. Uh, uh, but uh, Brother Montgomery, he may say something different to you than he will say to someone over here. Uh, Mr. Griggs is over here. And through the same message, you may be going through different things in your life and God wants you to apply something. God wants you to apply something. That's why you need to be listening, saying, uh, Lord, speak to me. So let's practice that. All right. Dear Lord, speak to me. Give me ears to hear it. All right. Now, how many of y'all believe if you pay attention, God's going to say something to you today? All right. And I, I'm, let me just help you. God may be saying to some of y'all, you need to get saved today. You need to become a genuine believer, not a churchgoer, not a religious person, but a true believing follower of Christ. Now, who would that be? He's already talking to you right now. You're already feeling it in your heart. You're already feeling it. By the end of this service, you'll be convinced that's what you need to do. 
Now, here's what you need to do. When we get through at the invitation, at the invitation, you just come on, let's fix that. Don't worry about it. Don't procrastinate no longer. And God's going to tell some of y'all, you need to start sharing your story. You've been saved for a long time and you ain't never told nobody about it. Shame on you. Anyway, all right. Now that we know what God's going to say to us, verse 17. All right, verse 17. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He begins his ministry. Now we know if you've not been here the last few weeks, uh, this is where Jesus is choosing his first disciples, those that are going to follow him. And so this is at the very beginning of his ministry. And this is what he said. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, they were just common folk. They were not, they were not uh, 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 biblical <coughs> excuse me, scholars. <coughs> they were not college graduates of the, uh, of the seminary in Jerusalem. They were just common, everyday folks. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Verse 19, watch what he says. And he saith unto them, what's the next two words? Say it again. One more time. Follow me. me, And I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship uh, with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. What do you think he asked them? Follow me. me. So how do you know that? Look what it says in verse 22. And they immediately left their ship and their father and are y'all with me? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. And Lord, thank you for a great crowd this morning. Thank you for great energy and the spirit that's in this place. I ask you before the service to let me enjoy myself and let me just enjoy your presence. And Lord, you've granted that request. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself this morning. I have felt your presence and Lord... I want to hear from your spirit now. God, speak to all of us. We all need to hear from you. We're your sheep and you're the shepherd. We can't follow the shepherd until we hear his voice. Now, God, open the ears of everybody in this room. I pray that we'll hear from glory. I pray that we'll hear from the Holy Spirit through your word. I pray that your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. I was, I was going through, I was going through the, 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 the New Testament. I was going through the New Testament and looking at all the different uh, uh, things that, that, that we are called. When I say that, believers in Christ. Thank you, brother. And, uh, and, and, you know, most of the time, most of the time, if people label you, if people label you today, and, 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 and they, what, what will they normally call you? What will they normally call you? Say it again. Christians. But do you know, but do you know, there is only one time that that word is used as far as, uh, uh, well, it's actually, it's found three times in the New Testament, but only one time is it found directly in, in correlation with what he says this, they were first called Christians in Antioch. It didn't, it didn't call one. It just said they were called that. And, and, and it was, it was actually, it was slang. It was supposed to be a, a derogatory term. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't a a good thing to be called that at that particular time. It was the unbelievers using that kind of like as a cuss word against believers. But do you know what they're called all the time? 
I mean, throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, most of the time, it's like 200 and something times, they're called disciples. They're called disciples. They were disciples of the Lord, disciples of Christ. Not just the 12 apostles, they were disciples, but all of them were disciples. If they were a follower of Christ, they were a disciple. And so, so that makes us what? Disciples. Disciples. What do disciples do? They follow Jesus, right? This is the very beginning. This is what, this is the, the beginning of their walk, their ministry. God is choosing his disciples. And in choosing his disciples, this was their first command. This was their first command. Follow me. Follow me. And so here's what I, I want to give you just three small, short, quick things here today. Uh, what does it mean? I mean, I want to be so elementary. I, I was, I was kind of blown away last week. Uh, by how elementary the message was and how much God spoke to people. And I'll be honest with you, when I was going into the message, I was thinking, Lord, this is way too simple. This is way too simple. They're going to think I didn't study at all. (laughs) And you know what God showed me after the move of the Holy Spirit in this place and how many people got touched? God showed me how little I have to do with anything. It's all him. And if it's not him, we don't want it. Are y'all with me? So this is going to seem elementary, but it's really not, okay? It's really not. And the way I know that it's really not is because we're not all practicing everything in this message. Right. Amen. I, you know, some may say, how long are you going to preach on following Jesus? I say, I guess until you start following him. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? I mean, I'm not even going to ask you if you're a Christian. I'm not even going to ask you if you're a Christian, because if you're if you're below the state of Kentucky, you you probably going to claim to be a Christian. If you grew up in the Bible Belt, they ask, are you a Christian? You may not have been to church in 30 years, but guess what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. So so let's let's really talk about it. Let's don't even use the word Christian. Let's don't even use the word Christian. Let's use the word follower of Christ, follower of Christ. Uh, because you can claim to be a Christian and not follow Christ. I mean, it's obvious. Do you know, do you know that Hitler claimed to be a Christian? Study it. He sure did. There are a lot of people that did some horrific things that claim to be a Christian. But I don't think they was following Christ. Are y'all with me? So let's, let's say this. Let's say, what does it mean to follow Christ? If I'm following Christ, that means, that means several things. Uh, one... One, and this is kind of, we're going to kind of piggyback. We're going to kind of piggyback off of what we talked about last week. All right. So if I'm following Christ, number one, that means that I know him. It means that I know him. That means salvation. Are y'all with me? I know him. Is there anybody, is there anybody here today? Is there anybody here today that wasn't here last week? You was out of town. Or you, raise your hand real high, real high. Oh, yeah, that's enough right there. All right, this is what I did last week. This is what I did last week. It was really cool. I met some folks. I met some folks that was uh, Bruce Harris's neighbor. Are y'all with us still? Y'all, y'all, yeah, there they are. There they are. That's my new friends. Yeah. Uh, and now, here's what I asked last week. Last week, I said, how many of y'all been coming? Maybe you've been coming a while. Maybe this is your first time. But you've heard about me, but you've never met me. And, 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 and there was a couple hands. Now, it might be here today. Maybe you've been coming a while, but you've never met me personally. Raise your hand. Anybody like that? 
Okay, look at there. Several, several. All right, all right. Now, uh, is there anybody in here that you've been coming a while and, and, but, and you've never met me and you're not shy and you're close to the end? Okay, sis, you're not shy, right? Okay, I'm coming to you. <clears throat> all right, all right. Holding that little baby. How you doing? What's your name? Lacey? Man, that's a pretty name. My name's Malcolm. Some call me Merle Haggard sometimes. <laughs> I'm kidding. They don't call me that. You watch it. How long you been coming? Two or three. Two or three years? And you haven't met me in two or three years? Oh, man. Boy, I tell you. Well, I'm from, I'm from South Florida. Where are you from? Here? From right here in Coleman? All your life. Well, not quite yet, right? I was born in Montgomery, but moved here. Okay. All right. All right. You like it? Yeah. All right. Only thing I don't like it is I ain't found an ocean yet. (laughs) I grew up in Fort Pierce, and it was right on the beach, you know, and and I love everything. I love low low key, you know, it's all real fast paced down there, but no ocean. But anyway. I like the ocean. Uh, Okay, cool. We kind of got that together. Now, check this out. There's a difference between just knowing about me and meeting somebody, right? right. How many of y'all would agree with that? Amen. How many of y'all would agree with that? Now, uh, uh, how y'all doing? Y'all doing good? I mean, I got to, it's, it's my friends from last week. Good to see y'all again. Good to see y'all again. All right. Hey, Bruce is here? He is? Bruce, hey! Hey, they're here because of your recommendation, Bruce. You're doing your job. Amen. Can we give them a hand? Can we give them a hand? Now, here's the point. Now, here's the point. For all of y'all that wasn't here last week, for all of y'all that wasn't here last week, this is the point. You can know about somebody, but not know somebody. Now, now we may not know each other uh, really, really good, but you know me better than you did when you come in here, right? And the more that relationship develops, the more we speak, the more we talk, the more we, you know, that relationship develops. Now, here's the thing. There are people going to church all over America that know a lot about God, but they don't know him. And you cannot follow Jesus unless you know him on a personal basis, a personal relationship. I was going to church my whole life. I told you I grew up in church. I grew up in church. I went to Christian school. I knew a ton about God, but I didn't know him on a personal basis. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Watch what he says. And I know them. And I know them. And I want to ask you, do you know him? I was, I was working in, 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 in Florida. <clears throat> I was working in Florida at a golf course. I, I, I went, to, went to school and, uh, and, and I, I couldn't afford to play golf because I grew up poor. And I loved golf. So I went and got a job at a golf course so I could play for free. <laughs> I may be poor, but I'm brilliant. Say Amen. <laughs> And, and, and so working at that golf course, working at that golf course, uh, uh, we was going to one, one, one day we was going to put some pretty hot fertilizer out on the greens and you'd have thought I'd have learned from that before I put all that hot fertilizer on my tomato plants this year and killed all of them. (laughs) Anyway, that's a long story. I'm still traumatized over that. (laughs) Amen. And I went in, I went in the, 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 the clubhouse where they had the big screen TV and usually there's guys in the counter, you know, you know, a typical golf club. Uh, there's always older gentlemen in there drinking and talking and cutting up. And you know what I'm saying? I see you shaking your head. And, and they're watching the weather channel all the time. 
Well, Dempsey was behind the counter, and, uh, and, and Dempsey was a, a great, cool, just a cool dude, man. He was just a funny guy, but he wasn't a believer. He didn't know Christ. And, and, and he, was, he was there, and I said, Dempsey, I said, is it going to rain today? Because I need to know whether I need to turn on the big pumps, because if we put this fertilizer out, i got to turn on the irrigation system. And I said, is it going to rain today? Because I figured he'd been watching the, watching the, the weather channel. And, uh, and he said something that just, ba- just broke my heart. I mean, I wanted to cry. It, it sent a chill from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. He, he kind of laughed, and he was making a joke with the old, other older gentleman in the room. And he said, he said I don't know, and he kind of looked up at the sky. He said, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to ask him. And he was just making a joke. But in my heart, I was like, boy, you need to. And I don't, even, I don't even remember what I said. I, I, I don't even, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember what I said. But I got to thinking, man, you need to. You need to know him. The most important thing you'll ever know in your whole entire life is to know the Lord as your Savior. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. When you leave this world, nothing matters what you've done on this planet besides knowing Christ. And following Jesus means I know him. I don't know about him. I know him. We're on a speaking terms. Are y'all with me? We're on a first name basis. He speaks to me and I speak to him. So how is that possible? Two things I want you to write down real quick under that and we'll get to the second one. You know him by first believing on him. Believing on him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have what? Look in your notes. Look in your notes right there. John 6, 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Look what Peter says. Thou hast the words of eternal life and we, say it with me, and we and are sure that thou art that Christ. The son of the living God. We believe that thou art that Christ. The son of the living God. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he was the son of God? Do you believe that as the Son of God, He came to this earth, lived a perfect life, was crucified on a cross, was put in a grave, and on the third day, He rose again? You got to believe. You got to believe. That is the gospel. He came, He died, and He rose again. Amen? Now, here's the thing. Not only believe, but look here. B, write this down. By receiving him. By believing in him and by. Come on, come on, say it with me. Y'all slow on me. Help me. By receiving him. Now look at the verse. Look at the verse. Look what it says. John 1, 12. But as many as. Say it with me. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that what? Believe Believe on his name. Now watch what it says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Look what it says. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
So, all right, so in both verses, you have that word receive. But as many as received him, to them, who? The ones that received him, gave he power to become the sons of God. Colossians 2, 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, what does that mean? The word received, I looked it up. The word received means to accept. Say it with me. To accept. I mean, it's right there in your notes. It means to accept, get a hold of, get a hold of, or what was that last part? To to take. And I, I imagine it this way. I, 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 my, I like to imagine what I'm reading and studying to help me get a visual. It's like this. Someone can buy me something. <clears throat> Someone can buy me something. And it can be mine. They say, I want to give this to you. It's paid for. You can have it. But in order to get it, I got I to take it. I got to accept it. Now, preacher, what do you mean? Do you know the Bible says that even the demons and devils believe in Jesus? You know what that means? Just a mental assent that Jesus was who he said he was is not good enough. When he says believe, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Listen, there's a lot to that. It's not just a mental assent. I believe that he was the son of God. That's great. The devil does too. But he's not saved. Believing means believing everything. And, and, and let, let's say this chair's here. This chair's here. All right, I believe, <clears throat> I believe this chair has the ability to hold me up. I believe it. I sure do. Have I placed my faith in this chair? I believe it can hold me up though. When do I place my faith in it? When I place something else in it, amen? Now watch this, watch this. I am resting. I am resting now in the ability of this chair to hold me up. You may tell you why a lot of y'all don't have peace. Because you're religious. And you know some biblical information. And you know about God. And you believe that there was a Christ. And then he died. But you've never accepted and received. And placed your faith. In the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. What does that mean? I believe I'm going to heaven because I'm resting in what Jesus did on the cross. The finished work of Christ. Does this make sense? I'm not, I'm not depending on my ability. I'm not depending on my good works. I'm, do, I'm not depending on, on whether I am good enough to get in. I am resting in the fact that Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. And my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. I want to ask you a question. Have you received him? I know you know about it. And I know you know about the gift of salvation, but have you ever received it? Have you ever taken it? Have you ever accepted it? Are you resting? Are you resting in what Jesus did on the cross to get you to heaven? Or are you still sitting at home worrying about it? 
It may be that you believe, but have you received? And all God's people say it. Listen, ain't nothing to it. Ain't nothing to it. Receive him today. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means I know him. It means I have a personal relationship with Christ. I talk to him, he talks to me. Are y'all with me? I know him and he knows me. And all God's people say it. All right, it means I know him. Say that with me. Following Christ means I Everybody say it. I I know him. Secondly, secondly, it not only means I know him, I'm saved. I'm born again. There's no question in my mind. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, I I am born again. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. I am saved. But then secondly, it means I grow in him. I grow in him. How many of y'all have ever asked your children, or maybe you was asked this growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And then you'll hear all kinds of things. Fireman, cowboy, truck driver, you know, genius, whatever. I just, Albert Einstein, physicist. I've never heard anybody say, I want to be a mathematician, physicist. That's no. Right? But they have different things. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know what? When a person saved, they're a babe in Christ. And we ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know what we should, the answer should be? Jesus. Amen. Christ. I've got Bible. I've got Bible. Some of y'all looking at me funny. I, I, look here. Look what it says in your notes. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is the, the giftings he gave to the church. What for? For the perfecting. The word perfecting means completion, maturing, developing, Right? Of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, means building up of the body of Christ. What what are they going to be doing that? They're going to be doing their ministry till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Why? So we're not no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. What does that mean? We should be growing in our knowledge of Christ so that every time somebody comes by with a different idea, you're not pulled this way and that way by somebody's opinions or theology. Are y'all with me? Theories, theology theories. All right, look. But speaking the truth in love. Now watch, read this part. May... That we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even, even Christ. Now, now, what does that mean? That means this. As a babe in Christ, when a person is born again, they are a babe in Christ. They desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. I mean, this, this analogy and this picture is there all through the scripture. When a person is a new believer, they're a baby, right? They're a baby and they need the word. The word is milk. But isn't it amazing and a miracle of God that the same word that's milk can be meat too? You can take the same Bible and put it in a bottle and feed a baby. And you can take the same Bible and put it on a plate and feed an adult. It is meat to the mature and milk to the baby. But if the baby don't take the milk, he'll never become an adult to be able to eat the meat. Are y'all with me? 
And what does a full grown follower of Christ look like? We're growing up into Christ. All right. So what does a full grown follower of Christ look like? What's he going to talk like? What's he going to act like? How's he going to think? Right? Let the, what does Philippians say? Let this mind be in you, which was also in? That means think like Christ. We're going to think like Christ. We're going to act like Christ. We're going to talk like Christ. We're going to behave like Christ. We're going to love like Christ. We're going to forgive like Christ. Are y'all with me? So what does it mean to grow? If I'm going to grow, how do I grow? Well, we know the word's connected to it. Because the word is the milk and the meat, right? Right, right? Hey, sis, sis, how old is that baby you're holding? How old? A year old. Uh, it's been a long time. I got four girls, but it's been a while. Is she drink, still drinking milk? Okay, still drinking milk. But she's done graduating some mashed potatoes, right? Okay, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've got to grow in the word. We've got to grow in the word. So how do we do that? Now, watch this. Two things. Write this down. Write this down. This is really not complicated. We've made it way too complicated. God is really simplifying things in my life and, and showing me. We, we, we've made this whole walking with Jesus thing way too complicated. We've allowed traditions to creep in. and we're, It's crazy. Listen, here's the thing. <clears throat> first, first, if we're going to grow, we've got to hear him. <clears throat> Write that down. We grow by hearing him. Say it with me. We grow by hearing him. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by. All right. Here, now here's an easy way to do this. Here's an easy way to do this. All right. A relationship is communication, right? It's a two-way street. Now, some of y'all men need to understand that. Y'all haven't figured that out yet. You speak, but then you listen. Now, I figured I'd, I'd have a whole lot more help from the ladies at that point right there. <laughs> Listen, it's a two-way street. It's not one-sided conversation. Let me tell you what we do sometimes. We go to God and we tell God all of our problems, all of our needs, what we need Him to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And God's fixing to say something. And you get up and walk away. Yeah. Alright, now here's the thing. He speaks to us through His we speak to him through our prayers. our prayers. All right, let's say it again. Let's say it again. We're keeping it elementary, remember? We're keeping it real simple. He speaks to us through his word. His word. We speak to him through our prayers. our prayers. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Do you see why now I think the Lord has really been concentrating in the last few weeks about hearing from him? When you come to the house of God, you're not coming to get a sermon. You're coming to get a message. What is a message? It's something one person wants another person to get. Are y'all with me? And this message is coming from Christ. Now, here's the way you're going to get that message. If you're listening for it. Let me say that again. The only way you're going to get a message from God is if you're listening. You got to hear him. What is God saying to you? 
Some of you, he's speaking right now. He's speaking right now. He started before I started. And he's already told you something he wants you to do. He's already showing you. Listen, listen for him. Listen for him. You have to hear him. What does God want you to do? What is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you right now? Now here's the second key. And this is probably as important as the first key. You have to hear him. Then B, write this down. Write this down. You have to obey him. You have to obey him. That means applying what you just heard. I told you the other day, I'm, I'm giving you a little illustration. And I'm going to tell on my wife because she ain't in this service. I asked her, I, you know, I said, listen, I'm going to give that illustration. And, 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 and I said, you know, because of what I was applying, I had heard from God. I started, you know, in, encouraging her. I, if y'all weren't here several weeks ago, uh, I, was, I was going through a verse with several guys. And the, and the verse was, uh, uh, exhort one another daily while it's called today, you know, lest ye be hardened with the deceitfulness of sin. And we just kind of read it several times, several times. And man, the Lord began to speak to me and say, I need to be encouraging my wife. That was for me. That was the message to me. I don't know what God was telling them other guys, but, but God was telling me because it says hardened. I looked up the word hardened means unfeeling, uncaring, <clears throat> hard. I said, that's Tammy. <clears throat> She's been tough lately, you know, and the Lord was saying, it's your fault. When's the last time you encouraged her? When's the last time you exhort? Encourage daily, the verse said. While it is called today, you need to go home and encourage your wife. I said, okay. <clears throat> so I did. I did. I went home and I started, I started you know, uh, uh, sending her text messages. How are you doing today? How's your day today? Every which way I could think about encouraging her or being a blessing to her, I started doing that. And you know what? She started melting. <clears throat> To the point that my daughter noticed it. My daughter, and she denied it. She denied it. I knew she had denied it, but I got a witness. <laughs> she said, <laughs> y'all keep a secret now. She's going to be in the second service. <clears throat> she, she said, she, I would forgot a towel when I went to the shower. Tammy, I need a towel. She said, hold on, baby. I'll get you a towel. She said, I didn't say that. I might have said babe, but I didn't say baby. I said, it's the same thing. She know that another makes me look weak. <clears throat> what is that supposed to mean? I remember y'all keep a secret. Y'all keep a secret. But I went and practiced. I went and did what he told me. Now think about this. Think about this. Every time you come here, God's wanting to tell you something. Because God knows what you need in your life. God knows what you need to do in your life. God knows how your marriage is going. God knows how your relationships are going. God knows how your business is going. God knows how everything is going. And he wants to tell you how to make it better. And you're supposed to be coming here to get a message from him to make your life better. But the only way you can make it better is if you hear him. And not just if you hear him, if you go out and Obey. obey him. God help us. And she did say baby, too. I don't care what she said. <clears throat> All right, James 1. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. 
Hope she ain't watching online. Amen. All right, look what it says. James 1. Look at your notes. It's right there at the bottom. James 1, 21. It says, wherefore, laying apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. Receive with meekness. The word meekness means humility. You know what it's going to take for us to hear from the Lord? Come on. Humility. You say, why? Because when God told me I need to be more encouraging, it's my fault that she's being cold. I got defensive. No. Now, how many of us, let's be honest. When God speaks to us in here, how many of us, our first response is usually get defensive? We're not going to listen if we're not humble. That's why he says you've got to receive it with meekness. You've got to receive it with humility, mildness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. I looked up that word engrafted. I put the definition down below. It means implanted. In other words, when you get the word and, and you humbly receive it, 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 it implants itself in you like a seed. Does that make sense? In other words, the word gets in you. Now, what does every seed do? It blooms, right? And so the seed of the word of God will get in you and it'll start working on the inside of you. Now, watch this. But, he says, don't just receive it. Don't just read it. Don't just let it get implanted in you. But be ye, oh, help us now. But be ye doers of the word and not. Now, watch what happens if you just hear but don't do. Deceiving. Look at that. Say it. Deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now, what's that, what's that, that visual? It's the visual of somebody. How many of y'all have seen people in town and thought they don't even own a mirror? So how do you know? Because if they had a mirror, they wouldn't have walked outside looking like that. Right? And what this verse is saying, people that come in here, now, now be careful, you're laughing. He's talking to some of y'all. You come into this building and you hear God speak to you and tell you what you need to do, but you won't do it. And this is what you're like. You got bedhead, right? How many of y'all know what bedhead is? I, I looked in the mirror the other day. God, I know I need a haircut, so look, but I looked in the mirror and I looked like Wolverine. Man, I had wings on both sides. It was great. I almost left it like that, man. Anyway, you look into the mirror, you see where there needs some adjustment. Amen. I need, I need some work, right? Come on. I need some work. And then you leave. You don't do nothing. You don't do nothing. And then you get into town. I did this the other day. I did this the other day. I woke up in the morning and I was late and I was just running everywhere and I looked. I said, man, I need to comb my hair. Because I either comb my hair or put a hat on. Usually I put a hat on so I don't have to comb my hair. But anyway, I forgot both. And I was in the drive through of Jack's. And, and the little girls in there that I see all the time because I go there every morning and get a, 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 a smoked sausage biscuit. Amen. Every morning, smoked sausage biscuit, $2.16. One biscuit, let's go. Here we go. They know me, throw it through, maybe throw a jelly in there. And I can see her snickering. 
I'm like, and then I'm, I pull out and I get on the highway and I look up in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I look like an intoxicated Don King. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, she knows I'm the preacher. What happened? That morning I seen what needed attention, but I didn't attend to it right away. In the few minutes that I went away from the mirror, I got caught up with other things and I forgot. You come in here and God will let you look into the mirror of his word and he'll show you where you need to work and you need attention in your life. And if you don't attend to it right away, you will And then we'll just keep on going. And that forgiveness we should have offered, that repentance we should have done, that, that, that uh, 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 attention we need to do with our spouse, and we... Now watch. I know I'm going too long with this, but you, we, we need this. <clears throat> he says we just forget what manner of man we was. Verse 25. But... Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and that means to abide or apply. We do what we say, we do what we read, we do what we hear. He being not a forgivable here, but a watch what it says. This man, this man shall be in his Don't, don't, don't. Stay with me. Stay with me. I, I'm, I'm not going to have time to do that third one, but I'm going to just share it with you just a minute. I tell you what. Church ain't doing me no good. Church ain't doing me no good. Look at me. Look at me, guys. Everybody look at me. Don't be folding something up. Let's examine that. How many, of you, how many of you have told people, you just need to get in church? Come on, y'all, quit acting like that. I know who I'm preaching to. Somebody will get on Facebook and they're throwing up about all their problems and how bad their life is going, and I'll see it all the time. You just need to get in church. Like there's some magical cloud in here. Ain't no magical cloud in here. This is just a building. Let me tell you where the magic is. And it's not magic, it's power. It's in that book. The word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. So how powerful is it? It's powerful enough to know what you've been doing all week. It's powerful enough that the preacher can preach one message and hit every one of you right between the eyes. When some of y'all need to get saved, some of y'all need to repent and get your heart right, some of y'all need to just trust God more, some of y'all need to have more confidence and faith, some of y'all need to just know that God's got this thing and everything's going to be all right. That's a gamut of stuff. But one sermon, one message can get it all. You know how I know? 
because the Holy Spirit is behind it and the Holy Spirit is whispering in your ear what you need to hear and what you need to know. Now it's your job to turn around and go do it. Because if you don't go do it now, if you don't do it quick, you'll forget and you won't apply it and you won't be blessed. Well, I went to church two weeks in a row and it didn't help me none. Yeah, but what'd you do with it? What'd you do with it? Did you apply what you got? How many of y'all have ever gone to the doctor? <clears throat> Raise your hand. How many of y'all have ever gone to the doctor and got antibiotics? How many of y'all have ever gone to the doctor and got antibiotics and he told you to take it all and you didn't take it all and you had to go back? How many of y'all got the sermon from him? I did that last time. And he wasn't happy. And he made known to me he wasn't happy. I told you to take it all. You didn't take it all? Couldn't lie. He knew I didn't take it all. That's why I was back to see him. Then he said this. Why are you going to come in here and waste my time and your money if you ain't going to do what I told you? Now, let me just say this as best I know how and as sweet as I know how and as kind as I know how. If you just show up in this place and you think there's some magical cloud in here that's going to solve all your problems, it's going to fix all your issues, it's going to just fall off on you because you were in church, you're sadly mistaken. That's like going to the doctor. That's like going to the doctor and you're sick as a dog and you go just hang out in the foyer and then you go hang out in the room and don't see the doctor, don't hear from the doctor, don't get no medicine, go home thinking, I'm real now. There's no difference. What's the point? I want to ask you. We're not going to get to the third one. Just We'll start that one next week. It needs a whole message by itself anyway. Did you hear from him today? You asked him to speak to you before this started. What did he tell you? Are you going to do it? Because of what you've learned today and what you are feeling right now that God is saying to you, if you were to fill in this blank this week because of what I've learned, I will... Are you going to be obedient? For you in here, up in the balcony, down on the floor, wherever you're at. If God has showed you today that you need to know Him, not know about Him, but know Him, you need to be saved. Do it today. Don't procrastinate. Don't go another day. Don't wait. Today is the day. Everybody say that. No more waiting. It's so easy. It's so easy. God made it so easy, anybody could do it. Right now, I want you to, I want all of our altar workers, every head bowed and every eye closed, all of our altar workers.
you come. Listen, whatever God has spoken to you about, you come tell him. Be obedient. Don't be a forgetful here. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, God's telling you something. What do you need to do? If you need to get saved, if he's speaking to your heart right now, your heart's beating out of your chest, step out of your pew right now. I got every head bowed. You won't be embarrassed for nothing. You come right now. Don't wait. Don't stop. Let's go. Come on. Be obedient. Talk to him.